Every year, about two thirds of Americans plan on making a financial related New Year's resolution for the year ahead, with just over 80% of them bailing on that resolution before January even ends. Don't bail on your financial resolution. Today, I'll give you easy and actual suggestions for what financial goals should be a part of your New Year's resolution to overcome the odds and put yourself in a better financial situation for 2024. All coming up today on Retire Smarter. another edition of Retire Smarter. I'm Walter Storholt here with Tyler Emmerich, certified financial planner as well as a chartered financial analyst at True Wealth Design, serving you throughout Northeast Ohio, uh, but also all throughout the country. You can find us online at truewealthdesign.com. Great episode today as we talk about those resolutions that often get discarded very quickly, especially our financial ones for some reason seem to get the boot even faster maybe than the than the health ones out there. <laughs> so probably a competition between the both. Before we dive into it all though, Tyler, happy new year to you, my friend, and I hope all is going well. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, all's good on my end. Uh, we're, what, almost two weeks into the new year here, um, so getting into the groove and uh, coming off a wonderful holiday. Hope your holiday was well as too. It was. Did you make it to midnight on New Year's Eve and stay up late for all the good stuff? Uh, surprisingly, uh, we did. That's two years in a row for my wife and I. Nice. Um, although last year was a little more fun with, uh, we're big high State fans here, so they were playing in the title game. Uh, this year, um, we weren't lucky enough to make it. Uh, unfortunately, uh, another team uh, that's mm. uh, bitter rivals were in there, uh, Michigan. So uh, yeah, not quite as uh, exciting New Year. But uh, yeah, I still made it to, to midnight. How about you? Yeah, you had to turn off your college football fandom for about two weeks, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just I did. Try to ignore I, what was going on. Didn't didn't watch or read up on that much right. of what was going on at all. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't have to watch too much of the college football as I was distracted by water leaks in the house when uh, uh, when when we uh, kind of got into the new year here. So we've had a very busy household with uh, drywall getting ripped up, pipes getting replaced, and uh, yeah, a little, little, little unexpected home improvement happening around the house. But it's all good. Nothing majorly yeah. damaged, just more annoyances <laughs> than anything else. So your New Year's resolution was, hey, get the water leaks fixed in, fixed in the house. <laughs> yeah, it, it turned into that very quickly. I certainly didn't intend for that. To be the New Year's resolution, but yeah, that's what it happened into. Well, uh, yeah, it can't be as bad as mine. So uh, mine uh, was uh, around uh, maybe eating a little bit better, and I made it uh, maybe one weekend. My birthday's early in January on the fifth, and we had some some uh, friends, uh, good friends, come in town, and they she uh, they brought this chocolate toffee bark stuff and i just couldn't keep my hands off of it so literally my new year's resolution did not make it uh two weeks in uh to january before i kind of blew it up unlike many uh as some of the stats i guess we we threw out in the intro i I think uh when we do it i was doing a little bit of research for the pod uh i think it was almost 80 percent or so bail on their new year's resolution before january ends so i'm right in that yeah (laughs) i'm I'm on the list um so i I had a burger last night which which may disqualify me from sticking with the healthy eating but mm -hmm. instead of getting fries as a side i got broccoli so that, All right. that that's like good still choices. A, that's still like a good improvement, right? And it was the lowest calorie burger on the menu. So 
It is. It is. Well, and I always think like those, <laughs> those New Year's resolutions evolve around, or at least for me and what seems like my close friends uh, around diet and exercise and all that good stuff. But um, a little bit of research found that there's actually surprisingly a lot of New Year's resolutions around finances as well. And, um, you know, it seems like there's um, study after study that comes out that just expresses how stressful a lot of families have a relationship with their money um, and kind of navigating around it. So heading into the new year, it's uh, top of mind uh, on a lot of families lists. So I figured today, hey, why not dive into the little bit of those resolutions and uh, maybe give you some tidbits and maybe some things that we think um, are good things to have on that financial New Year's uh, resolution list. And maybe we can um, not be uh, part of that 80% that uh, you know gives up on those New Year's resolutions before the end of January. It's all very believable, and especially when it comes to money-causing stress. If you don't think you have enough of it, then you're stressing to get more of it. If you do have enough mm-hmm. money, you're stressing about how to keep it that way and, and how not to let that change back in the other direction. And so, and I'm sure we could think of all sorts of other ways that money stresses people out, um, but probably pretty universal that it is a main course of, uh, of stress. And so no wonder people often will apply sort of those New Year's resolutions to their finances to try and mm-hmm. eliminate or deal with some of that. Sure. And I think it's uh, important um, to maybe improve those odds a bit is to to start small. It doesn't have to be huge, uh, life-changing, big tasks uh, that you do. I mean, the first note that I had in here was just really start with trying to get a handle on where your money is going. I mean, I think it's a good universal goal, uh, no matter where you're at in your life. If you're out for retirement, already into retirement, doesn't matter. Having that basic understanding of um, just, frankly, where are my accounts? Where is my money going? And getting a handle on that can add quite a bit of comfortability um, to your financial situation. I can't tell you how many times I come in and meet with families and they're really just like, hey, I had to I had to go digging for all my accounts. I mean, the big ones are, you know, hey, as you change jobs, how those old 401ks and 403bs can just kind of be lingering out there. And before you know it, you got two or three of them and they're all at different places and you're getting statements every now and again and you have different logins. I mean, it can uh, very quickly become uh, a bit overwhelming. Um, and there's a lot of families that find themselves in that situation, especially as they get a little closer to retirement. Yeah, it could be a lot of uh, issues and problems. So where do you want to take today's conversation? Do you want to kind of make a New Year's resolution list for folks? Maybe some of those bite-sized pieces that people could tackle? It seems very similar, actually, to uh, you know losing weight and some of the other goals people set, right? Don't, don't set some grandiose goal necessarily. Mm-hmm. Start small. Yes, absolutely. I think a checklist would be perfectly fine for us to kind of set up, uh, set up the rest of the conversations today. And, and the first part of that checklist is getting a handle on where your money, where your money is going and what accounts that you have. When we walk a new family through and start working with a new family, I guess is a better way to phrase that. Um, we have a, a, what we call the retire smarter solution, which is you know basically our process to walk a family through creation, creating a financial plan um, and getting their arms wrapped around their financial situation. And a part of that, um, or one of those exercises we go through is what we call the lifestyle analyzer. And really the bullet points on that step of the process is analyze current spending, create and rank future spending goals and you know adjust for how your spending is going to change over uh, the course of a long and healthy retirement and that's really big for someone that's on the doorstep of retirement so lumping the, all those three items in together it's it's basically saying hey where does your money go and i think 
some families or some individuals listening here might go, well, hey, I've got that Excel uh, spreadsheet. It's got my budget on it. And I track it from month to month. And we do have individuals that come in and, and have that and have a very good understanding of where their finances are going. And I look at that and go, hey, this is awesome. We can dive right in. But there are just as many individuals that don't take their budget that far. And really, I think think when they hear the term budget and go, oh no, that doesn't sound fun at all. I hate sticking to a budget. I don't know how you feel about the word budget, uh, Walt, but I feel like it has sometimes a negative connotation to it. Yeah, some people don't like that word, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. It, it's well, not a four-letter word, but it might as well be lumped together, together with it. Right. And it's like, well, what can you do or how can you set yourself up for success? And, you know, in the past, there's I've had individuals have success with using some of the software that's out there, uh, Mint.com, which I think is now Credit Karma. Um, you know, they link up to a lot of your different bank accounts and can track a lot of that for you. There is some work that needs to be done to get that set up. But for some individuals, that's worked really well. Um, you know, some families, you know, kind of do a deep dive into their bank statements and credit card statements. I mean, Finding a way that works for you um, and that you can actually work through and get the numbers that you need is important. Doesn't matter how you get there. It's just, again, finding out a way that works for you. And, you know, obviously we do quite a bit of this type of work for the families that we work with. And our process is a little bit different. Um, and for a lot of those individuals, the way we look at it is we take a prior year tax return and use that tax return to say, hey, this is how much money that you had come in. Uh, this is how much you paid in taxes. So kind of subtracting that number off. And then we start going down and just start identifying big expenses that we know you had or big savings that you did over that year and really just start subtracting that number down and continually trying to get down into a number that we call your basic retirement living expense or basically a number that is what you need to support your lifestyle in a month in a month out basis. So again, to reiterate that, it's like, hey, starting with the high level number, what came in over the course of the past year? Let's subtract off what you paid in taxes. Let's subtract off what you saved inside of your retirement accounts, what went into maybe some of your uh, other savings accounts that you're doing. Let's subtract out any big expenses that you know you had over the course of the year. And again, just trying to get down into a, a bulk number that's more of like a lifestyle. So we found that to be very, very successful. And I think that's when you start looking at, hey, trying to tackle a challenge like this on your own. If you get overwhelmed with maybe creating an Excel spreadsheet or you're like, ah, I, you know, technology is not my forte. I don't want to go and get on like a Credit Karma or a Mint.com or, you know, any of these other services that are out there to track some of that budgeting. Well, if you're working with a good financial planning team, they're going to have the, the processes in place to kind of lead you through that and make it as painless as possible. And our process is, again, you know, starting with that tax return and backing it down. You know, the new year does bring uh, does bring tax season upon us, Walt, so everyone will probably be tackling their taxes here pretty soon. Um, so that once those are complete, that's a, a lot of the data that you need where you can start looking back and maybe getting a handle on those finances a bit. Yeah, it's a great point. I'm sure this is the kind of resolution list that adds more resolutions to it, the more you <laughs> adhere to it and go through it, because I can already hear one probably about taxes maybe coming up in the future, even if we don't cover it on today's show, right? Like get, get taxes mm -hmm. under control. That would be an easy one to, to then take to the next level after oh, you've done that B word budget. <laughs> 
You got it. Well, and another big one too, uh, we talked a little bit about budget and getting a handle on where your money's going. But the next one I think gets thrown out quite a bit is, is really simply revisiting your investment strategy. You know, when was the last time you took a look at your investments and took a look at your accounts? And some of the big items on the checklist here um, that I had was, you know, simply, hey, over the last 12 months, have I gone in and rebalanced my account? You know, surprisingly enough, uh, as we turn the corner into 2024 here, you look back to last year, the stock market had a pretty good year. Um, you know, the MSCI All Country World Index, which is you know, just a general representation of the entirety of the stock market, it was up just over 20% last year. You know, obviously the year prior was pretty poor performance, um, but all in all, individuals might be sitting at and looking at their account statements from year end and go, boy, I have a little bit more in stock than I started the year with. Um, and the question becomes is, have you made any changes to that uh, for the upcoming year to make sure that that portfolio or those accounts don't get too far out of, out of whack? Yeah, it's really helpful, I think, to not only find out where you are, but then you're kind of taking it to that next step of, although specifically talking about the investment strategy here, it's that next step of saying, all right, but is this appropriate? You know, like, okay, so I know where mm -hmm. I am. Now, is it appropriate for where I where I am and where I should be? It's kind of that next level before you then decide any sort of action. It is. I mean, I think that's a good segue, too, as you're thinking about that investment strategy or that investment checklist it's well have your goals changed you know do you have any major life events that are coming up that would warrant you changing your overall investment strategy maybe not goals but even big expenses and understanding how those big expenses where are we going to pull that money from do we have that money set aside in positions that are maybe a little less volatile so I think it's good to kind of take an inventory of not only, hey, have I rebalanced and should I rebalance my portfolio now, but hey, what's the upcoming year look like um, and what changes and things are you trying to accomplish and how can um, you best represent that inside of your portfolio? And I think another easy uh, item on that investment checklist is really just taking a look and saying, hey, what are the underlying investments that I'm using? You know, I was sitting down with a family earlier on just a week ago. Uh, and they had a, a lot of families, you know, put money in CDs over the last, say, 18 months with just how high interest rates have gone. Um, and some of those CDs families chose were just, you know, six month CDs, three month CDs. And, you know, this individual was no different. They had actually, uh, at the beginning of last year, you know, put their money in a six month CD, which was paying a pretty decent interest rate at the time. I think it was like in the mid 4% range. And that CD came due, but they didn't re-up that CD and they didn't do anything with the cash when it came due. So what happened was their money at the local bank just went right back into their checking account and it's been sitting in there in the last six months earning them nothing, right? You know, life happens. They, you know, they made a very good decision potentially for them to make this investment choice and then, hey, it ended and they didn't necessarily have it on their radar and they were just now looking at it almost six months later and going, boy, could have had that money invested or I could have had that money in another CD or whatever. Um, and that was a pretty significant uh, loss, uh, opportunity loss for them. And I think, again, as you're kind of looking at these New Year's resolutions, a lot of it is just creating good habits. And if you don't have a financial advisor that's in there looking at your accounts um, and, and kind of being efficient with some of these decisions, because you, it's amazing how the little things like this add up all the time. It's probably one of the biggest things that I see when I sit down with individuals for the first time and kind of just 
you know, dive into their accounts. And it's like, well, I got a little bit of cash here. I've had this investment for a long period of time. I haven't really looked at it. And it's amazing how you make one decision, then you just kind of let it ride. Life happens and then you don't kind of revisit it and make sure that you're just managing your family assets efficiently. Mm. Very, very easy to do, Walt. Yeah, all great points. And and it kind of goes back to what you mentioned earlier. You know, we, we you describe these kinds of as, as housekeeping items. You know, mm-hmm. housekeeping isn't glamorous. It's usually not some major project. It's not major renovation. It's just the little mm-hmm. things that kind of keep the house moving forward and keeping it clean and, and efficient and, you know, getting your laundry done and transferring it to the to the dresser instead of living out of the laundry basket and the difference that, you know, you can live out of the laundry basket, but you notice the difference when you <laughs> get a little organized and you live like a, like a normal human being as supposed to. And, you know, little things like that around mm-hmm. the house that just keep things moving in the right direction. You can see that kind of at work uh, here with a financial life making the same impact. Oh, absolutely. And we're thinking about checklists, right? We're trying to identify as you're listening to us here, kind of go through some of these options. It's almost like pick the one that's easy for you to jump on now, right? Mm. So that way you can get it done and get it out of the way. And you don't have to start with the hard one, right? (laughs) Correct. Absolutely. And build yourself some momentum. And I think the next two things that I have on the list here are pretty easy, almost like, hey, check off, what do I need to do? And I don't know about you, but literally over the last three months, I feel like almost every family that I've talked to have almost came back and said, boy, my homeowners, car insurance and casualty insurance. So that insurance, property insurance and casualty insurance has just gone up so much over the last couple years. And it really wasn't something that I think is on a lot of individuals radar. I don't know about you all, but a lot of people, I feel like they have their insurance agent and they've worked with them for a number of years. And it kind of is almost like, Hey, I found someone. And you know, as long as nothing major happens, it doesn't necessarily trigger them to, to make a change. But uh, I feel like in the last year, a lot of families have really felt the increase in those policy premiums this year. You know, when I went back and again, doing a little bit of research here for the podcast, it was very clear to me that, boy, that's a phenomenon that's happening to a lot of families. Homeowners insurance premiums went up an average of 21% from 2022 to 2023. Very similar story uh, with car insurance as well. And there are a number of factors to that. But if you're someone that has been with your homeowners and car insurance agent for a long period of time, and you've had these steady increases, you know, it might be time for you to take a step back and start pricing out, well, what other options do you have uh, in the area? And I've had a number of families do that and start and save significant dollars on a year in and year out basis in their premiums. I had a a family just do it and they saved $2,000 a year in premium payments across all the insurance that they had. And that's, that's not insignificant. Uh, no, at not at all. No matter how much you make, <laughs> that's not it. Oh, absolutely. Um, so uh, I think fun, something It's funny that you mentioned like that, that one, by the mm-hmm. way, Tyler. I have I literally got an email last night with updated policy information for the homeowner's insurance plan as that gets ready to renew. And I'm, I'm scared mm-hmm. to click on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, I was going to say, that's a good test. Did it go up? How much did it go up? But, uh, I'll have to, I'll yeah, have to listen no, to well, next hopefully, time. <laughs> hopefully you're a little yet. better than the average. Um, but it, it, as it is, I don't know how some individuals feel, but I know myself personally, sometimes when I get those things, it's like, ah, 
everybody must be getting it. It's not worth my time to maybe go out and shop around the market, right? You got to call somebody. Who do I even start with? How do I find an agent? That type of things. And, you know, I think individuals, why it comes up in my conversation is because they lean on us for a lot of those referrals and a lot of those um, networks in the the local area to say, hey, you know, do you have um, an insurance agent that I should talk to? Or, you know, do you, should I work with a broker? Or should I go with an individual, you know, company like a state farm or anything like that? So, we run into that question a lot and we have referrals that we can kind of send out to say, hey, here's a list of individuals that you can kind of touch on and, and, and talk to that might be able to help you at least shop around and how and then our office can you know make that as easy as possible and make that transition and take some of that work off of uh, off of our family's plates. So again, if you don't have that, I mean, I still think it's worth it for you to maybe do a simple internet search and say, hey, you know, property and casualty insurance providers in my area um, and then kind of go from there. I do like working with the brokers uh, a lot of times too because they do work with a lot of uh, different insurers so they can kind of shop around and really try to find the best rate for whatever meets your family's needs but at the end of the day you know getting a, you know, a second opinion i think is uh, is totally worth it no matter who you talk to so that review insurance property and casualty policies was uh, one of that checklist items for a new year's resolution and along those same veins estate plan updates um, mm. and have you updated your estate plan uh, in a significant period of time um, how outdated is that will is it over 10 years you know have you taken a look at it have things changed I mean, I was sitting down with a family uh, last summer and they're like you know uh, Tyler my kids uh, are in their 40s and I think our will still has a guardianship designation on there <laughs> in case something happens to us <laughs> who's gonna take care of them <laughs> Um, but again, I think from an estate planning standpoint, that's another th one of those items that it's kind of, Hey, I had, I've done it a number of years ago. It's maybe not top of mind. Um, but as things change in your life, reviewing those estate plans and getting them updated, I think is a nice, easy financial checklist that you can knock off and you can kind of tackle for the year and kind of move, start moving yourself in the right direction. And that doesn't mean that you always need to get everything updated. It's more so, Hey, are my estate plans still appropriate does my will say what it what it should is my trust updated have uh you know i got healthcare directives and power of attorney in place you know have i gone through and updated the beneficiaries on my account who are my beneficiaries are they listed correctly has there been name changes things like that so you know i think there's a, a number of checklist items that you can kind of go down in there uh, but doing a little bit of a dive into what those estate plan documents are and taking a look at your accounts and making sure they have proper beneficiaries and transfer on death instructions, um, you know, is a good, good task uh, that you can kind of set for yourself for the upcoming year to put you in a better financial situation. Estate planning sounds on the surface like a more daunting task than mm -hmm. what would normally be in a housekeeping items list. But uh, definitely, if we're talking, I guess, just the level of just checking in, right? We're just seeing if there's an issue sure. or a problem. And then if the fix is more involved, well, then, yeah, that's fine. We can get into it. But at least the simple checks led us to that. Correct. And it doesn't have to be the entire estate update, right? Just going in and looking at all your accounts and saying, hey, does my tr my checking account have transfer on death instructions to where if something happens to me, you know, it goes to my spouse. And then if something happens to me and my spouse, does it go to my kids? 
And same thing with those beneficiary designations. You know, a big percentage of estate planning is just getting those transfer on death instructions and beneficiary updates appropriate and on the accounts and done in the right way. You know, same thing for like the deed on your house or whatever the case is. You know, how do you own that type of stuff? And then if you start that going down that route and those conversations start to get a little more complex or if you start asking yourself like, hey, is this really you know, the way that I want it to happen? Or are there some things in here where I'd want to maybe have a little bit more control? Well, then you can start looking at saying, all right, well, maybe I need to do a little bit deeper dive and maybe something like a trust or something else um, is going to be you know, appropriate in my situation. Um, but until you start down those tasks and start having those types of conversations with you and your spouse, um, and looking at how these things are registered, you know, those questions, um, you know, will start to come to fruition and come to light as you start to dive into it a little bit more. All great points across the board. Mm -hmm. This reminds me of uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was doing my regular maintenance checks down in the crawl space Mm -hmm. and found the puddle. (laughs) And it was just a routine check, but found a puddle. It led to a bigger problem discovery of a leak. And before you know it, we've got cabinets ripped out of the kitchen and we're renovating all of a sudden out of nowhere. But, but, you know, those things are, they pay off because that problem would have gotten a lot worse if I just said, "Ah, I don't want to ever go down to the crawl space. It's creepy down there. (laughs) It's an unpleasant unpleasant (laughs) task. But you know what? you, you take a look, look under the hood, make sure everything's mm-hmm. going fine. That preventative maintenance does pay off when you uncover things like that. No, it's a huge point because um, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Um, the old comment that's come up many times on the podcast. But, uh, you know, understanding that and getting a framework for where, you at, where you're at, I think, uh, is important. And I think that maybe is a good segue into maybe my last point, um, because I feel like as a as I kind of finish up the list here, a lot of the list has been very task and financial oriented, you know, rightfully so, right? You know, first thing we talked about was, you know, diving in and getting a handle on where your money's going and where your account's at. Uh, then we shifted a little bit to the investments. Hey, looking at uh, how your investments are allocated and have you done rebalancing and some of the housekeeping items there. And then, you know, the what we just finished up with, with the estate planning uh, and the review insurance property and casualty policy. So again, all of those were very financial and task oriented. Some listeners might be going and saying, you know what, that's more than I can chew. That's more than I want to bite off. Um, I want something a little bit different. What, what options do I have? And I think um, another, for those individuals, another you know, thing to look at as you look at 2024 is to say, and this looking at this idea of trying to align your money and your wealth with what makes you happy and what provides you with enjoyment and fulfillment and making sure that your money is working towards those goals and what you're trying to accomplish and how you want to live your life. So I think just taking a step back and asking yourself the question of, you know, hey, what would make my life amazing? And how can I align my finances to meet that goal? You know, I can't answer that question. I don't know what would make your life amazing, whether it's, hey, I want to retire. I want to spend more time with family. I want to start a business. I want to travel more. I mean, boy, the list can be endless, right? Um, Whatever the answer is to that question, then you will at least have that pie in the sky. You'll have that light that you can start working towards. And every financial decision that you make over the upcoming year, you can always go back and look at it and say, hey, is this going to get me closer to that goal? Um, you know, I think a lot of individuals and a lot of families that I sit with on a day in and day out basis, a lot of those initial conversations and, and thought processes are really just trying to understand and put 
you know, pen to paper or, you know, put it into words. What, what do we want? What do we want to work towards? What will make our life better? And, and how do we want to approach the next five and 10 years to make sure that the family is moving in the right direction? And if at the bare minimum, if you can go into 2024 and start to think through that and, you know, get that idea of, hey, this is what I want to work towards. This is what I want to accomplish. I think that's a huge step in the right direction. And then every financial decision going forward, as I mentioned earlier, can start to align and get you closer to that goal. It's beautiful and makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad that we had this conversation today. I feel a little revved up and ready to go. You know, we're past the new year, Tyler, but we can always start some new resolutions, right? It doesn't have to be new year resolutions, but new anytime. So yeah, if you messed up on a few of your ones to start the year, maybe now you can rededicate to a new financial resolution and pick up some of the little items that we talked about on the show today. Uh, If it sparks you to want to have a broader, larger conversation about your financial plan with Tyler Emmerich, and Kevin Krosky and the team at True Wealth Design. It's very easy to set up that conversation. In fact, most relationships begin with a 15-minute call with an experienced advisor on the team to see if you're a good fit. All you have to do is go to truewealthdesign.com and click the Are We Right For You button and schedule that time to meet. Again, go to truewealthdesign.com and click Are We Right For You. We'll link to that in the description of today's show as well. You can also call 855-TWD-PLAN. 855-TWD-PLAN. That's the phone number version if you want to get in touch that way. Well, Tyler, thank you so much. Welcome to 2024. Great first episode to start the year out. And can't wait to see what you have on tap for us next time around. Oh, yeah, ready to go. Thanks for the time, Walt. All right, appreciate it. That's Tyler Emmerich. I'm Walter Stroll. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Retire Smart. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed. All performance reference is historical and not an indication of future results. Benchmark indices are hypothetical and do not include any investment fees.